What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. This has been the most tense podcast I have ever done. Kevin Sherrington. You were working on typewriters this time. Barry Horn. I don't even know who you are anymore. Where were you last week? Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about colleges. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the college Ballsy with a Z podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another Ballsy podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington. Joining me here in the studio are Barry Horn and Evan Grant. Oh, I'm here. Yeah. Did you wake up? Okay, yeah. thank you very much. And on the hotline we have with us today, the one, the only, Chuck Carlton. Hello, Chuck. How are you? Hey, glad to be with you. Chuck, you had to think about that for a minute. Are you really glad or not? I sound glad, don't I? Yeah. I sound really You said ecstatic. Chuck, this More is, glad than you did five minutes ago, yeah, Chuck. That's correct. We're going to jump right in here, Chuck. We talked, uh, you and I talked yesterday before you wrote your column about Baylor and Michigan State and before I wrote mine about the Big 12 and a proposal coming out of the Big 12. It's in the preliminary stages. Uh, but there is going to be movement here in the NCAA about movement. Uh, there's going to be talk about changing the transfer rule and what the Big 12 is sponsoring is the idea, among other things, that if a coach leaves, he, if he quits, he gets fired, um, that the players would then be free to transfer and be eligible wherever they transfer to. So, Chuck, I want to get your thoughts about this and uh, and uh, about uh, the Big 12's role in all of it. Well, first of all, I think it's a change that's long overdue. I think the hypocrisy of the situation has been underlined as coaches have started making millions and millions of dollars now when uh, you have pretty much everybody in the uh, SEC West making over $4 million a year but and and can just, at the drop of a hat, go someplace else as long as you know somebody's willing to pick up the box and in the meantime if player x decides he wants to transfer all of a sudden it comes with you know wait you can't uh transfer to anybody on our schedule for the next three years anybody in our region any and next thing you know you're talking about 20 or 25 or 30 schools that are ruled out you know if a normal college kid wants to transfer even one on an academic scholarship, you don't have the you know the dean of the physics department saying you simply can't go there. And right now you have a proposal by serious folks, you know, uh, the faculty reps at Iowa State, who's a I think a molecular biology professor, uh, faculty rep at Baylor, who's a law professor, saying, hey, why don't we open this up? You know, no restrictions. And to be quite honest. The schools should be in favor of this because every time you get one of these high-profile cases, the the coach and the school winds up looking kind of mean-spirited and petty in these things. You know, even Bill Snyder, who everybody loves, got into the row last year with the wide receiver who wanted to leave, and it just escalated, and Bill looked bad on the thing. And guess what? At the end of this, eventually 
they let the kids leave. Better streamline the entire process, get it done. Now the question is, I'm sure there are going to be people who don't want to relinquish control, and this is what it's all about. You know, that once you sign on that dotted line on signing day, you're ours. And if you're leaving, well, there, there, there's a little bit of, uh, you know, hey, if you don't want to be here, we'll, we'll make your life a little miserable on the way out the door. This takes, you know, that out of the question. And, and the amazing thing is that for a potential NCAA proposal, it seems to make a lot of sense. Much like the proposal that would remove the, uh, the redshirt stipulation, that it has to be in the first half of the year, you know, that sort of thing, where they're now talking about, hey, you can play four games any time. So you don't have the, you know, the Nick Florence situation of him playing one game late in the year because RG3 gets concussed and losing a full year of eligibility. These are things that, amazingly, the NCAA is taking small snaps to actually help student-athletes. Yeah, they are taking small steps, and they're taking this at the point of a gun uh, because as I was talking to Bob Bowlesby about this yesterday, I said, isn't this, isn't this happening now? I mean, this is a good thing that the Big 12 is doing. Isn't it happening because of the threat of a lawsuit? And he said, he said well, this was one of the things that the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, the lawyers on that side of the O'Bannon versus the NCAA case, told them that this was one of the 10 or 12 issues that they were going to probably eventually challenge in court. So the NCAA is uh, trying to get out in front of this thing. They have mandated that this this should happen. Something like this should happen, and this is the least restrictive thing that they can do that's feasible. You know, in other words, if you let kids transfer when they want to and they're immediately eligible, well, then they're afraid that that creates the wild, wild west. And and, and the amazing the stat came out of all this that I didn't know. Did y'all know that? Forty percent of men's basketball players before the end of their sophomore years, if they if they enrolled right out of high school, transfer. Doesn't surprise 40%. me in the least. Doesn't surprise me in the least, and I'll tell you why. Because with kids, uh, I know this with girls, women's bas- girls basketball, high school women's transfer, so women's basketball, is that when you're being recruited, the coach loves you and everything. Then right. you then you get to West Virginia, and you're sitting on the bench. You're sitting Why are you playing West Virginia? Uh, and then the bench said, it's, it's a girl I know who went to West Virginia. Oh, okay. And I had this great debate. And it's nothing against West Virginia. She goes to West Virginia. She's sitting at the end of the bench. She's unhappy. There's nobody to talk to. Also, no girl do that. I think at Moorhead. They're unhappy. They're far from home. For the first time in their lives, they're not playing, and then they transfer. But why does that happen any more in basketball than it does in football? It, does football. it probably happens in football, too. I, it and happens they should. No. And, and I mean, not, not to, men's basketball is the big number. It, it happens. Oh, it happens to everything. But look, let's face facts. I mean, there's video right now on you on on Twitter of Nick Saban doing the electric slide in a in a recruit's house. You know, so the coaches will promise you and do anything right. to Until they get, get you. you there, and then the NCAA and big Division One sports become what they are, which is a meat grinder. And if you perform, you play. If you don't, all the promises go away, and you're nothing but a number. It- and and I think. That at the very minimum, Kevin, as you pointed out in your column, the fourth tenant of this of this prospect is the important thing. If these coaches who supposedly made a bond with these players leave or are fired, the players need to be allowed to continue their career elsewhere unimpeded. Evan, right. Barry Horn could have been signed by Lon Kruger to go to Oklahoma as a point guard and could have had a pretty good uh, freshman year. Next year they bring – what is he doing? He's going out looking for – Better point guards. He goes out and brings yeah. in Trey Young, and then sure. Barry Horn is lost. 
you know, for the next three years. So, you know, they're always looking to replace you. Always. See, the, the point that... The, the Doesn't matter how good you 18 are. 18-year-old kids don't understand. What's interesting about all this is, is that we don't put any restrictions on students. No. You know, if you're, if you're a student and you want to transfer school, you, go, you transfer. And kids do that all the time. The point is, is that the NCAA argues that these guys, these students are not employees. That's why they don't pay them. Right. They are but not they are employees. commodities. But they, they, they certainly are employees. You would not. Did y'all know this? I did not know this either. That of the five of the of the uh, NCAA sports, only five have these restrictions. The five money making sports that make money. Yeah, football, football basketball, men's and women's basketball, hockey, and baseball. Yeah, those are the only five. And all the rest of them, you can transfer and be eligible whenever you want. Yeah, when Nick, and Nick was a walk on, my stepson, but he when he transferred from Texas to Arkansas, he was immediately eligible yeah. as a runner. Right. Yeah. So what does that say? You're are you saying? Uh, to me, that, that's... You're saying that athletes are commodities. Absolutely. In, in certain sports. Yes. I'm yeah. sorry. Get, but you, we, let's get back to Chuck. We left him... Chuck, are you still there? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I dozed off. Go ahead. Are you, are you taking notes? <laughs> Chuck, Chuck, Chuck. Now, uh, if, this, if this thing, this proposal does go forward, when can we expect this to be enacted? Chuck, would this be immediate? Would this not be until 2019? Or when, when do we think this might be? Uh, I, I mean, things move slowly at the NCAA, and I would assume that this, this would be something that would have to come up at the, you know, at the NCAA convention next year. That, you know, so we're probably looking at 2019, which is still pretty quick pace for the NCAA. But it's one of those things where it's in the pipeline now. Now, my question is, how many, you know, is there going to be a conference like the SEC or another you know, ACC with? You know, powerful coaches are going to say, "Wait, hold it!" You know, we don't want guys just going out the door. And, and then there's going to be the the question of, "Well, okay, we get hit hard with NCAA sanctions, and you're just going to let kids leave." Well, that could wreck programs. You know, well, the thing about it is, it's going to be a hit. Here, here's here's a newsflash: don't get. Did we lose Chuck? Chuck, Chuck, Chuck. I will, I will, yes, yes. Okay, you're, we, we lost, we lost you for a second there, Chuck. I, I think you're. I think you're absolutely right. There are going to be coaches who don't like it. But here's the thing: Nick Saban doesn't like anything. But he's not going anywhere. He's not leaving Alabama. So I don't know. He looked pretty good on that electric slide. He uh, might be but, undancing with the stars. Yeah, but he's. This is not going to affect him in any way. He's going to retire from Alabama. But he, uh, you know, he he's not going to like it. But here's the deal, too. Nick Saban's going to go out and do what he needs to do to put Alabama as the number one team in the country every year. And well, he might he might like it when he gets players transferring in. Yeah, how many players transfer into I, that'd be a good question. I, like, I wonder how many players transfer into Alabama. Well, I think one of the reason I, and I led that column with today was it struck me over the weekend when Adam Grossbar wrote about Tim Jankovic and at SMU and how he was not in favor of this. Really, it's like no coach is in favor of it. But here's my question: Is of course, a you have you got a roster full of guys. They're, that transferred in from someplace else. That's funny because SMU gets a lot of transfers. They do. Right. And secondly, how many of these guys are you going to outlast? Uh, if, if Tim decides to leave next year, you know, I just think it's so hypocritical. I don't, I, I've, had, I've had readers write back to me after I've written these things and say, these are grown men. These, they're making their careers. It's like they're grown men making their careers off of kids. Right. Okay? Well, let's not lose track of that. If it were not for the student-athletes, they would not be making this kind of money. So they, they should and the, be held and, and accountable for it, I l- think. Let's also say this, that these millions of dollars that coaches are getting, yeah. 
the student athletes are generating that. And, Absolutely. You know, we can we can parse up what a scholarship is worth and and the opportunities being afforded them, but basically they are making the money for these coaches. Absolutely. And and so if particularly where I'm concerned, if a coach is fired or if a coach quits to go somewhere else, and a kid doesn't feel comfortable, I think he ought to be allowed to continue his college career unimpeded. And I will say this, too, and and, uh, and Chuck and I both agreed on this, uh, too, is that coaches should be in favor of this because if a guy can leave if I get fired, if one of my players is one of my best players, we were we were talking about Major Rapper White at Houston, and, and, uh, um, and help, help me out, Who, who's the defensive tackle? Ed, uh, gosh, mighty. Uh, Ed Oliver. Ed Oliver, yeah. I want to call him Ed Daniels for some reason. Ed Oliver, a tremendous defensive lineman, maybe the best defensive tackle in the country. Um, if if Major Applewhite left uh, after this next season, which Ed's probably going to turn pro anyway, but if he had the possibility of leaving, then then they're going to say to this maybe we're not going to be so co- quick about firing this coach or maybe we'll give him a little more money to stay because we don't want to lose these or, really good or players let me, you, you just remind me of something what if a coach is going to what if tom herman's going to leave to go to texas from houston he can't follow him okay he can't follow that, him. that's the rule you cannot follow okay him. That, that's, 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 take, that's he, stipulation he, by the by the big 12 proposal he, he, but now he how do you feel about that kevin i think it's good because you feel it you feel it's good that he, the player should not be allowed to follow the coach yeah i listen i'm not for blocking guys uh except for that one thing I think, and to me, this is what why, to, to, why? well, because of what Bob Bowlesby we, we talk, he said the really the reason all this has happened is because of coaches blocking players, saying that sure you, there's six schools you can't go to, there's eight schools, there's ten schools, there's twelve schools you can't go to. That's bull. You know that's what that's what uh, Texas Tech did to uh, Baker, Baker Mayfield, Mayfield. and uh, he, that's why he had to walk on. And they finally cleared him to, to, to go ahead and be eligible. To receive, you know, scholarship money, but it was too late, and so he had to walk on twice. He had to walk on at Texas Tech, and he walked on at Oklahoma, and then he ends up winning the Heisman Trophy. How crazy is that? But anyway, I just think it's it's crazy that a coach can say you can't go to this school and this school and this school and this school. That's that's just outrageous. Because the point I've made in the past is that when Baker Mayfield left Texas Tech and went to Oklahoma. That same year, Sonny Cumbie left Texas Tech to go to TCU as an offensive coach. He went inside the conference, inside the state, to perhaps Tech's biggest rival. It has become the biggest, except for Texas, their biggest rival. And <laughs> now he's going to be a coach over there. Nobody had a problem with that. Texas Tech said, sure, you go over there. Because coaches take care of coaches, you know. But if it's a player who wants to do that, no, no way. But, I mean, and I'm, I'm sure I'm oversimplifying here again, but if – if Tom Herman goes from Houston to Texas and he believes in X number, and he's getting a better opportunity at Texas, right. and he believes in X number of players from from his program, now can he recruit? He can't be able to recruit them, but shouldn't they be allowed to have the better opportunity also? Are you saying that that Texas is a better opportunity than Houston? Theoretically, yeah. Theoretically, I mean that's what we're saying. Said the that's, Cougar High graduate. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but no, but no. I, I, I think the problem with that is that when guy, then, then you're, just, I mean, theoretically, you're draining I, those guys, and you're just, you're, you're going with them. I think theoretically, it's a lot more uh, viable than it is feasible, or it's a lot more theoretically possible than it is actually feasible or viable. Yeah, well, everybody I, I always like tells you you're not supposed to go to a school for a coach, right? And that's a bull because that's kids go, kids go, kids go because they like the coach because the coach comes in and eats. 
and asked for second helpings in the, in their mom's electric on the, on, on the D one level. I you know, you know and I know uh, you know our kids went to D three level because of the schools. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But I asked yeah. every single coach that we talked to, "Are you going to here for the long term?" And they yeah, all said, too. "Yeah," and that that meant nothing. Well, I knew that they knew that Jake's first coach was not hanging. He left after the first year. Yeah. yeah well, Jake's first coach was also former head coach at Alabama. Yeah. It's kind of hard to say that he's going to hang around. He'd already been there for four years, too, the D3 school. So, so. Well, uh, One thing to keep in mind on this as well is that this also affects schools that get hit really hard by NCAA sanctions mm-hmm. and that guys can leave after that, which I also yes. think is a good part sure. of it. Sure. And this adds kind of a stick as well to, you know, right now, you know, School, you know, the NCAA can reduce scholarships, they can ban postseason, but if you get re- hit really hard and everybody can just a transfer without penalty out the door, that can be a really big hit to programs. You know, if, you, if you're looking at a postseason ban, uh, you know, you might want to, you know, have compliance take a harder look at things, not to turn the blind eyes to stuff sure. that can happen. And people are saying, well, what, what happens if, 50 players transfer. Well, that's not going to happen. Even at Penn State, only 15 or so right. left. We're, we're, we're and, against, and again, Chuck, we're up against the clock here. I just want to ask you a quick question. Is Michigan State the new Baylor? They're working on it, aren't they? Uh, I, and, and, and it's different because, I, and I'm not minimizing at all what happened at Baylor, but I think what happened with the the situation with Larry Nasser and, and uh, multiple female athletes, but especially in gymnastics, that's kind of kind of galvanized people, especially when you're talking Olympic quality athletes, you know, members of Team USA, all that sort of thing. All of a sudden, people are looking at this going, how the heck did this happen? And, and now, all of a sudden, it's you've got the spillover effect. You already have, you know, the, the president stepping down, who was a big deal, the former head of the NCAA Executive Committee. You have... The athletic director, who you know, Mark Hollis, who chaired the NCAA basketball committee last year and was voted the second best AD in the nation behind Joe Castiglione in an SI poll. Uh, you know, those people are already gone, and you have to be thinking. You know, as I wrote today, if if our people forget how big a deal Art Briles was at Baylor and how he had taken that football program on the field to places where. Baylor never expected to go. If Art Bryles could be tossed overboard after that Pepper Hamilton report, you know, and and become a pariah, even if you're Tom Izzo, who's beloved up there, or Mark D'Antonio is viewed as one of the top, you know, 10, 15, 20 coaches in the country, you can't be feeling really good about this as more and more revelations start to kind of come out about... Hey, how did they handle sexual assault and violence against women? Yeah, those questions, those so, questions from an ESPN outside the lines reporter after a recent game with Tom Izzo. I watched that interview, and that was painful. Uh, you know, I'd say this: I don't know Tom Izzo. I just know him by reputation, but uh, I felt sorry for him. I mean, I, I, the, why? The, well, the, no, the woman's doing her job, but I just thought, wow, he is. You know, if if some of the things that have happened were uh, a fault of what he did, then I, you know, I don't feel sorry for that. But I just thought, wow, this is – he is and, – and, you know, the questions were really good. They were really good questions. Uh, but it was just tough to tough to watch. Chuck, one last thing here before we let you go. We want to ask you about uh, signing days next week. Uh, but I, it's not quite the big deal it always has been, is it? 
no, signing day isn't signing day anymore. And uh, it's one of the things that the NCAA and having the early signing period, besides you know giving kids more options and and avoiding that situation where you know uh, a kid sees a scholarship revoked and is left high and dry in February, was also to kind of um, you know if you will kind of cut down on the hype surrounding signing day, the, the you know the big day by doing it earlier. I mean you've got two-thirds of the top 100 signed. You've got, you know, classes at Oklahoma and Texas, upwards high teens are in the 20s, uh, and for a lot of the top schools. I mean, yeah, you have. it's going to be interesting to see how Texas A&M, which got a late start because of the coaching switch, SMU, which got a late start because of the coaching switch. Those are small classes. They're getting, they've got to make up ground. But right now, a lot of this is set in stone, and, and the hype just isn't there, you know, at this time, you know, going into February 7th, you know, last year, there was all kinds of speculation, all kinds of stuff. Now it's kind of muted a little bit, and that may be a good thing, even though I miss the animal props during the signing ceremony. <laughs> animal props, yeah, those are always very clever. Chuck, we appreciate you coming on with us. It's always great to have you on to explain all this stuff. It's a lot of complicated things, but we, well, we uh, are always happy to have you on. Thanks for coming on, and we'll have you on Real soon. Yeah, we got to go. Robert Wolanski's commandeering the studio. Yeah, going to kick us out. Yep. Uh, hey, thanks for having me. It's great to have you, Chuck. We'll Bye, see Chuck. you. There Bye, goes Chuck. Chuck, uh, Chuck we, we covered a lot of ground there in very in very uh, quick order. Uh, we we talked about. Is that does that not so? You don't think so, Evan? No, we did. We covered a lot of ground. Yeah, we did. Evan, you've been particularly quiet today. Uh, is you okay? I'm ruminating on things. On your homeopathic medicines? That's correct. Your elderberry wine? Elderberry syrup. Syrup. It's the same thing. Syrup of the black elderberry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you're having that. That's good. Let's 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 sit back, wa- relax, and watch a pro do TV. Okay. So I guess that's it for us uh, on this podcast, uh, our, our college podcast. We've also had uh, Brandon George talked about the Cowboys and uh, the I Senior Bowl. Nacogdoches is Brandon. Nacogdoches is where he's from, and that's correct. And uh, we also got a Rangers podcast. Who's our guest on the Rangers podcast? Me. You? Me. Is that the best we could do? Yep. Holy cow. We All did. Right. Wait, we had one, or we're going to have one? Uh, we're going to have one. Okay, so we're going to hang around. We're going to hang Rangers around, podcast. yeah. Okay. Sounds great. Bye. Thanks for listening to our College Ballsy Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see ya.